welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Hey, Derek, how's it going? I'm doing great. So today, you, we, I'm looking at the title right now of this episode, and it's going to be an interesting one. We're talking about refreshing an athletic department's brand. We talk about this um, every once in a while. We, have, we show this case study to clients all the time, and I think it'll be interesting to dive in a little bit deeper. I think what we're going to do is more of a high level. We're not going to spend three hours on this. We're going to still try to make it within a half an hour, hopefully. Maybe the conversation goes a little bit longer than that. If people really love it, I think that we could maybe do an in-depth either on this or something else. We have so many case studies that we could talk about for an hour-long episode or even hour and a half if people are like, oh, I would love to hear the story about X. So I think we should get into it and see what happens. In previous conversations on on this podcast on Brands Made Meaningful, we've, you know, we've touched on components of process. We've dug in really deeply on individual pieces and parts of what goes into an overall brand and just thought it would be hopefully helpful and instructive, illustrative to actually talk about a real client that we worked with in the athletics and sports space and talk about what that process looked like. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a full pullback the court curtain behind the scenes look. It's going to be a walk through the process and the challenges and all those other stuff. Like I said, if people are like, oh, I'd really love to hear the way behind the scenes look at something, we could get into that. The but full the full process would bore people to death. Maybe. You we, we'd know. hear people unsubscribing. You're pretty interesting to listen to, so <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. I do have a big jug of coffee next to me, yeah. so let's talk. Well, let's get into it a little bit. And today we're talking about a specific client. We're talking about NYIT, New York Institute, Institute of Technology. Of Technology. Normally on this podcast, we don't mention clients' names. I don't know if that's on purpose or we just don't feel like it, but normally we don't get into a specific client. Today we are as just a little bit of a real-world example. So how about you tell me, let's start total high level. What was the challenge that NYIT had? The, the what, Two challenges. The first and foremost was that the academic institution, the university, New York, Institute of Technology was finishing their own rebrand. And so on the heels of the academic brand, having a new, fresh, uh, revitalized, more contemporary identity and brand that had, um, was being created for them, it became clear to the, the athletic director um, and the creative director within the the school's athletic department that their own branding needed to be updated also. You know, then as soon as they started looking at their own identity, their own brand and their mm-hmm. own logo for the athletic department, which is a bear, they're the they're the they're the bears. Yeah. Um, they go by NYIT or New York Tech or even Tech or the Bears. But the bear logo slash mascot um had been relatively highly criticized, mostly in part because it had outlived its uh, visual aesthetic lifespan. It was tired. It was old. Yeah. And they used to call it the meatball, right? <laughs> they described the bear head. There were a variety of bear configurations, one of them being just the bear's head. 
And uh, yeah, um, one of the overwhelming surveyed sentiments referred to it as the meatball. It's great. Um, And so when we first started talking to them, you said the athletic director a little bit. So let's talk about really quickly and we don't have to get into this too far but like how did they reach out how did all those things happen just for people to understand how that starts in this specific case we received a an rfp yeah a request for proposal so a standardized um i believe it was about a 12 page document that outlined what they were looking for gave us a little bit of background and then requested an estimate or a bid and a proposal along with a presentation of our capabilities. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't know, I'm assuming that that went out to several people. Um, I did find out that that RFP originally went to a colleague of ours Oh, yeah. and that project, either they couldn't do it for uh, timing or a variety yeah. of reasons. Yeah. And then they referred that to us and it was forwarded oh. on to us. And then that there led to an initial overview conversation with the, with at that time the potential client to understand at a high level what the objectives were, what they were looking for, timeline, budget, et cetera. So started the project, kicked it off. The first step in in our process as discovery, the, the when let's get into at least what you think of the high level, what you found in discovery um, that really stands out. For me, this was interesting because um, we're working well, the you know, one of the high level objectives was that this identity development and this brand creation had to happen in concert and be complementary to what was going on with the overall academic brand. Yeah, we have a lot of projects like that, right? Not the academics, but in general, we, have, we come in, here's a brand that needs to be built. It needs to be supportive to the master brand or the primary brand. So that's not a new thing, right? But it's different because the idea of an athletic brand, athletic departments have a very different look and feel to them and aesthetic than a academic brand. Very different. And the audience, you know, one of the really interesting things in just having a conversation with them was understanding the role that the athletic branding has in recruiting. Not just and not just recruiting student athletes to come play for them. Yeah. Um, but also just academic students. Absolutely. The fans. Fans. Yeah. Um, the, the fans that want to go to a school where for them it's important to have uh, sports and athletics to be part of, to be involved in, mm-hmm. to, to be part of your the lifestyle of you going through school. It's also, turns out, really important to alumni, donors. But one of the really, int- it was really interesting to understand the the customer and the target audience and that the target audience wasn't just or isn't just like in a retail brand the consumer or the buyer it's the potential athlete it might be the parents of the potential student um it's ends up being a brand that these people wear in in an incredible quantity of executions around spirit wear and t-shirts and jerseys and all over the place but that that brand becomes more of the school. Interestingly, yeah. the athletic brand becomes the primary face of the school's brand. And people think of New York Tech as the Bears more than they think about 
necessarily the academic institution. Yep. So if you think of NYIT, the academic institution, and then you think of the NYIT athletic department, uh, we, we think of them as sister brands, right? They're related and they absolutely live in the same ecosystem, but they are not sub to each other. Whereas to your point, if, if the athletic department brand were to be a sub, it'd be interesting to say you're a sub brand, but you're actually the most, you have the most impression visibility across all your audiences because that's what people wear that's what people see that's what people do um whereas the academic brand is far less external facing yep so you we went in talked about all this other stuff we went okay there you go this is the objectives here's the lay of the land here's how it's used right now this is what people think of it first of all they think of it's a meatball and then and then moving forward what about competitive research do you look at other schools talking about how they use it, how they find uh, a success and confidence in their own brand. We did. Um, you know, we we went in depth within the athletic conference, the specific conference um, that that this um, school is in. They're a Division two school. Yeah. Um, looked at a lot of the other um, schools that have been identified as potential competition, not only for student athletes but also for academic students. So for high school graduates that are considering which college to go to and the colleges that have the, you know, the, uh, the majors that I'm interested in and the size and the lifestyle that fit me, um, we looked at all of the schools that they identified that they compete with academically in addition to athletically. Yeah. And then looked at those athletic department brands. So then get all the discovery wrapped in a good bow, understanding where we're at, where every, everyone else is at, as in competition, then moving forward, how, how does that shape the perception moving forward? Well, the, the perception at the time was that, and this is in their words, we're not being taken seriously. Hmm. Our identity, our brand, our logo, the meatball, is actually preventing us from having the type of perception that we believe we are that, yeah. that truly represents us well to have athletes either current or future athletes go yeah i want to go play for them i want to go to nyit and become a bear but at the time people didn't think of it seriously it's more of they i mean they consider themselves a laughing stock or however you say it about how the way that they looked it's just as simple as we need to refresh the way we look yeah, and you know, and I don't know that they considered themselves a laughing stock. Yeah, that's a little harsh. But they had absolutely identified that they had an opportunity to be future forward thinking yeah. and and looking for something that was much more contemporary um that honored the past. There were still going to be the bears. Um the bears are never going away. You know, was complementary to the sister brand, the institution brand, but also set them up for hopefully a decade or two going forward graphically aesthetically and to to support the perception that they desired for their brand yeah and i think it's interesting we have a lot of team brands that we work with where they say we want to honor the past but we want to look forward and a lot of people think of that to be the biggest challenge when you refresh a visual identity is to honor the past without sacrificing the future and so Doing it for them, it meant honoring the past in the eyes of the fans and the in the eyes of the leadership, and and then it's also building that future aesthetic so that future players love playing there. Yep, absolutely. 
couple, you know, a couple of those perception words, couple attributes that came through that that they wanted to maintain. One was to to continue to be fierce with, you know, with all criticisms aside of the old bear, it was fierce. Yeah. It it's not soft, it's not a teddy bear. Um, and they wanted to make sure that while we became contemporary and forward thinking that we maintained an attitude. Yeah, it's athletic. Yep. Right. I mean, it, that's a super popular is to say we need an athletic brand. How do we take this older athletic brand? At the time, this was super athletic, right? For sure. Had that same aesthetic it is exactly what they wanted. And moving forward, they go, well, we want what we used to have in the in the feel and the look and the perception, but now it's a different day. Yep. So that's all defined. You understand where you're going. You're kind of like, okay, so this is what we need to be. This is how we need to create it. What about the next step? What about the align visually? What were the big things that popped out? A couple pieces of the align that were really important were one was the color palette. Um, the color palette needed to be really strongly tied to the university's color palette, which was uh, basically a shade of navy and a shade of gold. Mm -hmm. In the end, the color palette that we can talk about when we get into the the creative yeah. portion of it became a little bit more vibrant, a little less institutional and a little bit more athletic, um, okay. just a little bit, but still very, very complimentary in, you know, we went through rounds of processes of putting Pantone colors next to each other and figuring out what that proper relationship was. But we could talk about that along with their Under Armour partnership. But the key for alignment was figuring out an aesthetic creative direction for the bear that reflected a you know the potential for timelessness to make sure it felt connected to the past maintained an aggressive fierceness like we talked about something that was representative of the momentous nature of sports and being part of a team and being a fan of a team and belonging but also to make sure that we were reflecting an organization and a and a an institution and an athletic department that was very respected, had a history of success, a long history of, you know, the years and years that they've, they've been around and been, been part of New York and the Northeast mm -hmm. and to then bring that out in creative direction. So we're looking at the mood board right now mm -hmm. and there's tennis shoes on there. There's a ticket on there. There's stitching on there. It's there. There's a very, athletic feel to it but using other brands from the college setting right so this doesn't mean that we're going to copy these brands but it's interesting that the selection for creative direction was to say hey these guys are doing it in a great way we'll take note from them not necessarily copy them but to say these guys are doing it great i see you have the texas longhorns on there but to say there's this college brand this is a college athletic brand that's doing it in a great way their fans cherish them they have a great history but yet they don't look stale right how do we use that as inspiration to say they're doing it right let's do it our own way but right we what we're looking at here is the final mood board we presented in i think three different ways that this could come that this could influence where the creative would go yeah. um and what this one ended up with were pieces and parts of other identities, of other bears, of bear poses, to try to hone in on what that right level of fierceness was. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at crops and scraps and little pieces of 
imagery, of poses, of expression that then helped us go, okay, now this is the right direction. Should it be a full bear or just a bear head or yeah. both? Should the bear be growling, mouth closed, yawning, yeah. teeth, how sharp a teeth, what's the level? And so this was the kickoff of that exploration to at least if we were if we were going to go like we'll often talk about here um is the graphic and the visual direction should it be mild medium or spicy this helped us determine what that right yeah. level of heat needed to be and set us in the right direction for creative so let's talk it let's move on to creative then moving on into that talk a little bit about the final solution and if you if you're wondering what the final solution looks like go to our website We'll put the link in the description of the podcast, but the, we have this up on our website. It's the the visual case study of it with a little bit about what what happened to remind you, but then should have all the references there. There was a couple parameters and a couple objectives that you know we're thinking about while we're now into designing the bear um, and exploring the bear, the bear's expressions, the pose. You know, we're thinking about, and this goes back to the objectives that we had with the with the client, was that the old bear, it was really difficult to reproduce, to to produce in stitching, especially when it got small. It was hard to embroider. They had to modify it to make sure that it didn't lose its uh, detail and character. So we're thinking about just the function of making sure that this is easily producible. We're also starting now to look ahead towards 17 sports mm -hmm. men's and women's sports that all have you know jerseys you know baseball softball lacrosse um and all of the various types of fabrics and materials um that then this needs to be executed on so we're thinking ahead to that and we're like i said we're taking into consideration the color and the interesting thing about the color was that in addition to being respectful to the overall university's color of navy and gold we're also working with under armor who new york tech works directly with to produce their all of their athletic team apparel yeah and under armor has their own catalog of colors that are existing and so we had to figure out what colors we could pull from from under armor's library to get as close as possible so that we, you know, weren't adding the extra expense to the athletic department and having to come up with a custom color. And, and luckily for us there, you know, there were Under Armour had such enough. a vast library. Yeah. We were able to And they're getting that bigger out. and bigger every day anyways. But for sure. yeah, I think it's an interesting challenge to say, how do we fit this new brand within what's possible for them? Because like you said, it's a D, it's a division two school. I know that they make custom stuff for a lot of schools, but that's not necessarily an option for every school that we that we deal with and work with, but it's a challenge that most people probably wouldn't think right off the bat. It's you know I think um, a good a good designer a good creative department, as much as they're all in on creating this specific icon symbol type mark, they're also always thinking a couple steps ahead. A couple steps ahead, they're always looking into the future, and looking for that perfect balance of the form that gives them the brand and the expression and the perception that we're looking for, but it's also functional, usable. Yeah. And I think that that goes into when you talk about all the sports that they do. I, when we look at baseball or we do any of the other, I mean, they have lots of sports in their catalog where then you come back and go, all right, this has to be applied to all the sports that they have. 
it also needs to be able to be applied to spirit wear and all those other things that the fans enjoy and use and and rep and when we look at all the different applications that's a part of it right that's about the color how, how does this work when you put it into t-shirts how does this work when you put it into jerseys what does it look like for home and away jerseys what's it look like on instagram exactly how does it look when people play it out digitally and what does it look like on their website so i think it's interesting to say the exploration goes one uh, a layer deep just like every other brand we work with but then when we talk about team specific sports there's a lot more things that it needs to be applied to that need to be thought of right away well, and you know, even between when you get to the team sports and the jerseys, women's uniforms are designed and cut and shaped differently than men's uniforms. So you might have locations on sleeveless jerseys that you know you don't have locations on sleeveless jerseys that yeah. you have on sleeved jerseys. Some sports wear shorts, some wear pants, um, and all manner in between. So yeah. to figure out a set of guidelines to say at a minimum we need a bear head we need your jersey number and then we need depending on home or away to decide if at home we're just going to be tech and on the road we're going to be new york tech and then have a third layer that's nyt and then in some cases to say we're going to be the bears think about you know yeah. your favorite professional baseball team and yeah. they've got a rotation of two three four sometimes even more variations on home and away jerseys mm -hmm. um and we, all the bases had to be covered and the athletes love that yeah. right I and mean, most of the athletes that we deal with love the variations to say oh like they i'm looking at the list right now but they have navy blue they have white they have gold they have gray i mean they have all these different jerseys i'm sure at some point there's athletes that go oh we get to wear the golds today right. let's go like Absolutely. this is awesome but some of them are like i hate the gold right this is the worst so i think giving people the ability to change and to adapt with time is really important for teams specifically. The other fun component of the creative phase within all of this was fine-tuning the, the actual NYIT and New York Tech type mark. We didn't, we didn't redesign it. We evolved it. Um, it was a really, I think in the end, a really nice evolution of what already existed but with a typeface that was a little bit more contemporary and a little bit more aggressive. So we've done create, everything's been built, the whole brand's been built necessarily, and now we need to apply it. So we talked about applying it to jerseys, but that was really a part of the discovery of how does this get applied to jerseys? I mean, you have to solve that before you get to this phase. But what happens in this am amplification of it? I mean, we did there's photography with all these different athletes and all the different applications with hats and whatnot. Just get into that a little bit. Well, with this specific customer, New York Tech has an in-house creative department. Yeah. And so we worked in concert with them um, really closely to provide them with what we would refer to as a, the, brand style, the brand style guidelines. Or the brand book. Yeah. The brand book. And so we made sure that all of the logos and the variations were all saved in i mean it, it ends up being dozens and dozens of types of files and file sizes yeah and color configurations along with all kinds of example applications to show them how it could roll out and then they took that and executed it um the you know the bear logo is on the floor of hardwood courts so it's on the floor yeah. of the basketball courts it's on the grass it's on the fields it's on the baseball diamond 
Yeah. Uh, it's on the walls of the stadium. In addition to all of the merchandise, um, all of the swag. So we set that up. You know, we would test it out, make sure that it would maintain its integrity at minimum sizes. But while we do that execution for some of our clients, um, this specific client had that capability internally. So we worked with them to give them all of the tools that they needed. Um, and then they executed on most of it with a, maybe a little consultation from us here and there. That's not uncommon for us to have an internal creative team where they say, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to bring you guys in and you're going to help us develop a brand because that's our specialty to come in, develop a brand, do it meaningfully and do all the things that need to be thought of in a way that develops it for a long time. And then give back the guidelines to say, now, now if you need us, we can absolutely help and guide you through how this gets used. And we surely can apply it if you want us to. But it's not uncommon for a lot of organizations to come back to us and go, okay, we have all the people on our team to do this. We just need you to do the heavy lifting with the strategy of the design and the brand. Then come and give us a, a nice, good direction to say, this is how you move forward with it. Absolutely. And backing up a couple of steps or um, elaborating on the behind the scenes of that a little bit, oftentimes we'll get asked, well, why don't, you know, why didn't they do it? They, they have an internal creative team. Why didn't they take on the rebrand of the identity themselves? Yeah. And oftentimes, and especially with the case of the New York Tech Group, they, they basically realized they were too close to it. I th they probably absolutely had the capabilities had they had the time and the freedom yeah. and the budget to do it themselves. But when you're in it and you're living it and you're living with the meatball, um, you have your own perceptions, misperceptions of what it should be and what it could be. And sometimes, like we know that here at Susner, when we're working on our own marketing materials <laughs> and messaging, it's the cobbler's kids metaphor. Um, it locks you up. It's yeah. hard to see yourself. Yep. I think that that's absolutely a problem that people see. So a part of it is that they're too close to it, right? They don't have the objective view on it. They're very subjective because they live with it every single day. I think the other part is, is that they don't do it every day, right? That what we do is go in and, and remake brands, whether that's redevelop it, make it from scratch, or help them move forward in some other way. Whereas they're dealing with the brand every day, right. helping it move forward day to day, whereas something that we do is more of a process that is done once. If done right, it's done once, and you never have to do it again. Right, and they're um, in an execution. They're, they're, like you said, they're executing on that all of the time, yep. and they're thinking about those specific objectives and needs exactly. and not those initial sort of strategic pieces that help frame it up to create Yep. The there's brand. a there's a nuance about making a brand from a remaking a brand that, rather than working with a brand every day. Um, the difference between a design firm and a branding firm, I would say, is that big difference. And I think of this as a brand refresh um, or, or a brand evolution. It's not a rebrand. They're still the bears. Yeah. They're always going to be the bears. Absolutely. No, um, I mean, it's not really new colors. It's not really, it's what it really is, is a refreshment of their visual identity and their perception. Yep. And how can we bring that to the modern times? Yep. Check out their Instagram page. You'll see them living it. It's it's pretty, it's always a, a joy to help any company with a brand because that's what we do. There's something about being able to see it on the 
the chests and on the jerseys and on the backs of um, all these athletes and fans out there in real life, living it, breathing it, and taking that brand and creating what it really means um, because it's their brand. It's not our brand. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the best part of working with all these other brands is the passionate people that are behind them because it is their brand and they love it and, and they live it and it's great. So you got me distracted. I'm looking at their Instagram right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's, unless you had any other questions on the process, I think that's a nice overview of yeah, I agree. a rebrand using um, New York Tech and their athletic department's rebrand as one example of how the process goes. Not necessarily a how-to, but a recap of just some of the key highlights that come out of each of the phases that go into refreshing a brand yeah. and the things that you know we or any creative team are should be thinking about when we work through that. And this is a primarily primarily visual solution. Um, NYIT didn't need a big uh, strategy portion. They didn't need all of the foundational elements that we would do for most organizations. A lot of that had been completed by yeah. another partner that they worked with on the, the university yeah. brand. Yep, the yep. institute. And yep. so I think it's it's great to see this. This is a really easy, digestible case study to look at and go, okay, this is the evolution of something like that. I think if we want to talk, if people think this is um, worth talking about or talking about other brands, we can get much more in depth with bigger, more ambitious um, objectives. But I think this is a good starting off point. Perfect. Anything else? I think that's good for today. I <laughs> think that's enough for today. See you next time. Yeah, bye. Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark, guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com.